This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, disaster divas, and welcome back to the Disaster Girls podcast. Here I am, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And we have reconvened for the most hallowed day uh, in disaster diva-dom, I I would say at this point. Yeah, you know, it's it's our Christmas, it's our Arbor Day, it's all those things together, it's the mid-season return from break of La Brea. The mid-season return uh, shortly after news of a season three renewal. Yeah. La Brea is back. I mean, granted, we're only getting like six episodes to wrap it up next season. Um, Wait, is it third and final? It's third and final unless I win the lottery and then can therefore just fund it in, indefinitely. I did not realize this was third and final. This is it's unfortunately place. third. I, but no, but the great thing is that we aren't going to be surfaced. We're yeah, not going to be. I mean, I'm glad about lives. that. I have been so worried that we are going to live the rest of our lives not having answers to La Brea. And instead, we're going to get an answer. We're getting they're giving they're giving it the lost treatment. They're getting Just a chance to wrap it up. Give it, Jordan, give it the full order, man. I, give it the I, full full season order at the very fucking least. It is what we deserve. But uh, I will take six episodes without questions over the kind of ephemeral nature of television on network TV. But before <laughs> yes. we get to La Brea, Jordan, there's something uh-huh. else I want to share with you. Yes. I'm sending you the link now. To www.disastergirls.myshopify.com. This is definitely audio I included at the time and not something I'm recording after the fact. Okay. To our newest collection, which you have, we have discussed, but you haven't really been privy to what's been going on with this. This is the Justice for Shelley Winters uh, collection. I have not seen this. (laughs) So this is new to me. Yeah. It is loading. Wow. Look at that. Guys, (laughs) Guys, <laughs> it's so it's so good in a way that you're not going to expect. Yeah, that is really outstanding. It it's, is so funny seeing the stock image models on like Shopify because they don't know what they're wearing. No, they, they don't, don't they know no what's idea. emblazoned across them. Like this is <laughs> generated onto their bodies. So I will I don't know. Do you want to I describe it to the, to the say, listeners? Should I say what it is? Yeah, describe it to the listeners. Give them a little tease. Yeah, this is um, on this unsuspecting model. She is wearing, uh, I'm looking at the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. She is wearing a t-shirt and there is an object on it. And that object is a boat ca- capsized, is upside down. It is half underwater it has the silhouette of like what might look like the Titanic. So like get the Poseidon adventure in your mind. And it says, finally, we have the motto emblazoned on merch. It says, stop killing Shelly Winters. And the bonus of this is that as you get underwater, the text starts to distort. True to what it would probably look like if it were really underwater. So, so- that is, we have, we have 
Shelly Winters Respect merch now. Yep. So this was uh, David Mann, who was, I guess, came to us by listening to us from, uh, or like by way of listening to our uh, Anaconda episode with Jamel. And he had reached out and said what a devoted disaster diva he is Mm -hmm. and offered his services and was kind enough to provide us with this logo. And basically this is great. So this is just the, this is taken directly from the Poseidon Adventures promotional imaging. Oh, so if you actually wow. look up the Poseidon Genius. Adventure, this is the this is the Poseidon Adventure graphic with not quite the font, but they're sort of similar. The they also have the distortion of the Poseidon Adventure as it goes underwater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is taken from that, but obviously adapted with a little bit of a disaster girl's flair to it. I think the thing that actually I'm most interested in is the blanket. Like, like the, the blanket, blanket that says fun. stop killing Shelly Winters with Poseidon boats on it. That's great stuff. Yeah, yeah, it looks cozy. <laughs> it does look cozy. And that's something you want to be asked about. That's something you 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 bring it to the beach, you use it as your picnic blanket cuz you want people to ask about that. Oh, yeah, that's that's if you that's a statement you want to make loud and clear that people should stop killing Shelly Winters. We've been doing it and mm-hmm. we will continue continue to do so. Oh, yeah. So that's our newest line. This um, is great stuff. It's it, this is this might replace uh, as my favorite from previously, which was the disaster patron saints. Ah, um, I mean, so good. That was also a delight. But this might this might take the cake now. Truly, our 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 primary our top line saint, Shelley Winters yeah. on this pod. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So that's she's like the, the way she's that Mary even... is above the other saints. Like, yeah, she's Mary. At yeah, this point. it's a it's it's like a first among equals, but like not even quite equals. No, no, no. She is. I, I think like cause I, I didn't coming into this podcast particularly know anything about her. Mm-hmm. And now I think that's what I'm most grateful for about this podcast. <laughs> has not just introduced me to Shelley Winters as a concept and mm-hmm. as an actress, but as a persona. Yeah, and maybe a way of life. I there is a. I won't say what the anecdote is because I'm gonna t- I'm gonna bait you to go listen to it, everybody. But on the new episode of the Feeling Scene episode that came out today, as we are recording this, it's with Sheila McCarthy, the wonderful actress who's been around, who's been working forever, and she, you know, she's one of those figures with just so much institutional knowledge, so many stories. She's worked with so many people, and among them is Shelley Winters. And she shares a story of encountering Shelley that is so perfectly in accordance with the idea of Shelley Winters I'm that so we have excited. come to boost on this podcast. It's amazing. Like, it's just so satisfying that every time everything I've heard about, like, we're not normally there's a lot of projection on my part when I like imagine what a person would be like, sure. especially with baseball players. It's so nice to know that Shelley Winters was exactly who Shelly Winters is in our heads. Yeah, it really, it really yeah. seems like it. Whether yeah. it's, and it's like, whether it's stories from her own mouth, like recounting things, or it's from other people talking about her, it's the same. Yeah, it's consistent. Which is really impressive. Yeah, it's either a, the most elaborate persona, or this is just authentically Shelly Winters is just authentically Shelly Winters. Right. Like in like like Joan Crawford was so deeply Joan Crawford, the idea mm-hmm. that like that she became it, but still there were like fractures there where people knew like the sort of scary reality of who Joan Crawford really was. 
I, Shelly Winters just seems like perhaps one of the most authentic people to have ever worked in this, in, in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Which, God, I, again, I, I think that you and I have both agreed that that whole, like, anybody alive or dead, who would you have at a dinner party? It's, man. I mean, it's Shelly Winters now for me. It's, it's a great, it's a great point. And it, she really, like, she's a star. I just wish Shelly Winters was around to be an old lady today. Oh, yeah. Because the the fandom around that lady would be so fun. Like, mm-hmm. the gay's devotion to a living Shelly Winters. Ugh. Not just, like, boomer and gays who, like, oh, no. love her for- She would be drag for... bingos having the time. Oh, my God. God. The Shelly Winters impersonations we would have gotten on Drag Race alone. Shelly Winters would be, Shelley like, then flashing- judging. Yeah, no, sh- flashing would- the folks at Hamburger Mary's. Oh God, if only, if only, if only. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to be w- walking around the streets of Los Angeles and hear people be like, "Oh yeah, you see Shirley Winters in here four nights a week," and it's like <laughs> just like the worst karaoke bar. Man, I just we were robbed. We were. That's the thing. Like we were deprived of. At least 20 to 30 more years of Shelly Winters. Shelly Winters is a mom in a Paul Feig movie. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, God, yes. No, <laughs> I, horny, 100% like horny grandma in any yeah. comedy, but not in a weird like, oh, look at the old lady's horn, but just like, man, that woman is aggressively horny. Yeah, you and like, like people would be like off-put at first, but then they'd be like, well, hey, there's something going on there. Like they would be drawn yeah. to Shelly. She would be a seductress. <laughs> With her brashness, her brassiness. So yeah, now you too can honor Shelly Winters as we do. I I'm so excited about this. I and I it's been it, it technically went up a couple days ago, but I was like I can't post about it because I want to see Jordan's real time reaction. So happy and no, I no this it's great. I, I, it's I great. last night predicted it in a voice memo to be like how close can I get to this? <laughs> how close can I get? I was tonally right i was mm-hmm. wrong with the words i misjudged that <laughs> my guess, my, guess was, my guess was that you were going to say okay opening the link now yeah <laughs> the oh, little, your little hands yeah just <laughs> oh my god and then you do your <laughs> you do like your really punctuated laugh like yeah. i had the whole thing in my head of exactly i was like i can hear how this is gonna go <laughs> i'd get that laugh from her <laughs> And then an oh my god! Well, it's it's thrilling to debut to do two such it, epitomize the Disaster Girls experience of yeah starting out talking about Shelly Winters in an episode about La Brea exactly. So let's I guess let's get to the return of La Brea. We're back. We're no longer in 1988. La Brea makes us. La Brea makes uh, it teases such a is such an impossible dream at the opening of the I first know. episode back when we think maybe Josh is gone. Because they're like, where's Josh? Josh didn't fall. Where we are, we're all supposed to meet in this spot in the woods. Where's Josh? And he's just not there. And it's like, oh, good. And then like he appears to no fanfare whatsoever. Like it really, like there is no point actually to Josh just not being there. Yeah. When they all get there, he. It wasn't like we cut to Josh on a side quest. Nope. He just eventually shows up. He's just got to be there to tell everybody about why what his family has been doing like what the whole a thing fucking so, loser like man. josh shows up to josh it all up let's yeah. be real 
Because, like, obviously, like, the gang comes back from 1988 because they need to stop the sinkhole that's going to happen in the Pacific Ocean. That Josh, like a jackass, says that there's going to be a sinkhole in the Santa Monica Bay. I know. What the fuck is that? Who no says that? No one's ever called it that. No. So that was, like, did someone from the opposite side of the world write this? Because And they looked at a map. They're like, oh, let's make sure we say this because, like, that's where it would be. It, it was like nobody from the United States wrote this. Because nobody has ever heard of the Santa Monica Bay. Yeah. And, um, but like the gang comes back, the the whole immediate family and grandma, and they have to get to the tower because Gavin has to use his biometric scan to access the computer system to upload a virus that will destroy the whole project and therefore keep the sinkhole from opening, but will also have the effect of never being open, being able to open the portals through time again, effectively trapping everybody who is there in 10,000 BC. And everyone's like, we can't tell anybody this. And Dr. Soldier is like, we have to tell people. And also we can't do this. I've got to get back to my family. And they're like, this is bigger than you. This is bigger than us. And they're like, yeah, we're just going to make this call for people. And we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're not going to ask for permission. We're going to ask for forgiveness. And instead, while they're gone on this errand that doesn't even get fully completed. No. We'll get, which will come up shortly. Josh just goes ahead and lets everybody fucking know. They're like, hey, uh, my parents are gone because they're trying to close the portals forever. So we're all going to be stuck here. And they didn't ask your permission. Yeah, so, and Josh doesn't like he doesn't cool, find Josh. Any smart way to lie about it either because he's Josh. He's and Josh. Josh just sucks. And Josh it, just everybody sucks. on this show is terrible at lying, and Josh is the worst. Yeah, because Josh it's not just that Josh doesn't lie, it's that Josh doesn't lie, and on top of that, Josh somehow, when he tells the truth, does it in the least like effective way possible. God, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I love like you. Te- so Jordan texted me last night. You you texted me last night being like, oh, my God, Josh. And I was like, dude, I also have in my notes immediately. Yes, we lost Josh. I was so thrilled. Thank it was God. this brief moment. Like if we have to get rid of Levi, who I genuinely liked. Yeah. And leave him in 1988. Why are we stuck with Josh? Why are we stuck with this fucking guy? Yeah, like even like Gavin didn't even Gavin and uh, Eve didn't seem that torn up about him. They were like, no, he's here somewhere. Yeah. We'll find they, him eventually. Yeah. They're like, because they're like, we got to grandma's like, we got to go. We got to get to the tower. Now we're going to miss our shot. And Josh hasn't shown up yet. They don't know if Josh is alive. Like a yeah. lot can fucking happen falling through a portal into 10,000 BC. And Eve is like. You know, I don't like it, but we got to go. We got to yeah. do this. Like with very little hemming and hawing, very little fanfare. Izzy is being so perfectly Izzy in making everything about her and her family's specific problems yes. when they have the world on their shoulders. And again, I love that this is Izzy's character because this is such a fucking teenager. And like that is like Izzy has a line at one point. In the first two episodes where she's like, I just feel like everything, like, essentially in 10,000 BC is trying to tear my family apart. It's like, no, Izzy, it's just 10,000 fucking BC and things are hard. Nothing's trying to tear your family apart. It's not about you. 10,000 BC is not thinking about your family. This is completely just the fact that you are in pre-everything non-society. So, yeah, shit is hard. And you've also been separated across time for like the majority of the show up to this point. So like, but yes, Izzy, please continue to make everything about you. She like, she knows her dad's being weird. Gavin's having a vision of Eve that he thinks is dead. She could be asleep. And, but he thinks she's dead. He's in her, his arms. She's in his arms. And And she has like, and she has TV head wound. 
Yeah. Like, you know, that little like, oh, there's a little trickle of blood on the forehead that obviously means that their brain has exploded inside of their skull. Completely. And Gavin, also a terrible liar. Like, they, they he see this right before they get in the sinkhole. They get down to 10,000 BC. He's looking at Eve really weird. And she's like, what is it? And he's like, nothing. It's like, oh, my God, you yeah. have to do better than this. And then he's clearly, again, still being weird. And Izzy's like, what's going on? He's like, no, nothing. And she's like, you have to tell me everything. It's like, he doesn't, though. And you actually, Izzy, specifically, I don't think are equipped to deal with the truth all the time. No. So, no, I, I absolutely don't think your dad, I think your dad should lie to you right now. You are not entitled to every piece of information about what's going on here. And then as soon as he tells her, she gets that fucking look on her face. And it's like, Izzy, this is why he doesn't tell you things. Yeah. I, so the thing with Izzy is that she is 16. And so her main character syndrome in a show where she is one of the main characters yeah. works for me completely because completely. Of the fact I'm like, there's never a question in my mind that like Izzy and, and it's entirely because I find her more likable than Josh. Because if yeah. Josh did any of this shit, I'd be like, throw Josh off of a rock. Yeah. But um, when Izzy's like, are you and mom getting back together after Eve Constantly. and Gavin kiss like in front of which guys. Don't kiss in front of your 16-year-old daughter unless you're going to explain to her yeah. that adult relationships are complicated and that you don't have a lot of time for couples therapy when you're trying to bring down a futuristic organization yeah, from this while is, you're in 10,000 BC. Like, this is just, not an unencumbered kiss. Like, yeah. if you're going to do that in front of your kid, you got to be ready to put some context around that. Yeah, it's just, it's complicated and you got to think about those things. And so, of course, Izzy, like, sweet, born every single day, brand new <laughs> yeah. in the world. Every Izzy, day. She, she I mean, resets. Just she does. She truly. And so her thinking being like mom and dad are getting back together now. Everything's solved is for me like completely works. Gavin continually failing to recognize that the Constantly. person he should be telling things to is his wife and not yep. his 16 year old daughter. Yeah. That is harder for me to wow. get past because like Izzy finds out that Gavin's been having visions about her mom dying before Eve finds out that Gavin's been having visions about her dying. Yeah. Yeah. And that. That's not a dynamic that is going to be healthy or productive for anyone. No. Um, it just, it doesn't seem, I don't know. I'm a big believer in the idea that if you see somebody in a vision who might potentially be dead, you give them every detail possible. Right. As soon as possible. Right. Because you don't want them to just fall ass backwards into that circumstance. Yeah. You don't want them to figure it out retroactively. Like, Give them a chance. Yeah. Tell Eve you're wearing the shirt and the jacket that you're wearing currently. So we have a, like, I will say, because episode, I think it's nine, like ep the episode they get back is the, the, we need to stop the sinkhole. Yeah. Episode nine, because we move at this pace of La Brea, any other show, Gavin's vision of Eve dying would be a runner for like four to five more episodes. Before oh yeah. No, we plow through this within minutes. So we fast. Are, I am so glad that, we don't have to deal with when is Eve going to potentially die? Because we know she's not dying. Like, no. don't play these games with us. Sorry, Natalie Z is not dying. Yeah, Natalie Z. She's the only person from La Brea who actually was invited to the Golden Globes. Like, yeah. <laughs> or the Emmys, whatever one it was. It was the Emmys where she appeared. And like, you can't kill Natalie Z if she's at the Emmys. That's just No, so you cool. cannot. You no. cannot. But and also Eve is the most competent person in 10,000 BC. If you kill her, everyone else dies. Everyone will die. Yeah. Can She's you imagine the only thing keeping this camp together when she so Eve falls into a literally just falls into a hole and that's how she almost dies. It's like um, it's set up like she's being chased or something. She just seems like she steps backwards and falls yeah. into a hole. 
she steps backwards and falls into like there's like an animal or something that, like drops menacing. her in like a little in like a cave system like yeah she hits the ground fucking hard like yeah it would be very believable if she had died um but she doesn't and then she's in like this little cave network looking up at like and her leg she's pinned under her she's one leg pinned under a rock and you're like mm-hmm. you just fell 15 20 feet yeah. onto a rock surface there's a rock so big that it's trapping your leg and you cannot move it you cannot get out from under it every bone below the knee should be dust yes like yeah just like open wounds bones coming through skin not yeah, it's- not eve <laughs> she like a boulder the size a small boulder the size of a large boulder falls directly onto her leg and (laughs) the biggest problem that she has is that she's trapped under it not that her leg has been turned into some sort of like puree yeah that it's not just hanging off below the knee yeah or that like she's bleeding excessively which no you know again one of those (laughs) things that like for la brea you know what fine yes that's how rocks work sure i'll go with it whatever there is no other character though except for Eve, who would be smart enough that when the cave bear starts attacking, because mm-hmm. of course a cave bear shows up, yeah, that she figures out she can get the cave bear to knock the big rock off of her leg so she can escape. And also she pulls from her bag to like bait the bear off past mm-hmm. her. Beef jerky. Yeah. When did our when did our characters learn to make jerky? Like when did this? I guess maybe she brought a Slim Jim back from 1988. I love it. it lo- I you guys, I love how this jerky looks. She mm-hmm. like holds up her hand. She has like three stalks of beef the size of like branches coming out. I of honestly her thought hand. they were branches. I did not I clock thought that they it were was wood jerky. I thought she was throwing. I, I was like, I didn't know you could play fetch with a cave bear but yeah I'll, these I mean, huge that's what they were huge stalks of meat that's really... she's like you want some jerky and throws them and they're huge and also this this is one of my favorite scenes in the entirety of the show because eve while she's down there immediately goes immediately uh turns into the tom hanks movie where he's on an island oh and, and yeah castaway yeah immediately turns castaway and befriends a bunny yeah. And starts talking to this bunny like like it's wounded too. And she's talking to this bunny and like it's a person. And she's like, huh, tough day, huh? And it's just like, and then she starts like, I did not see this coming. She starts like self-talking her way through. She's like, you always do this. You just charge into things. Like that is not a part of Eve's character to have no. like these like moments where she like really talks. It just like comes out of nowhere. And then the bear shows up and the bear kicks the rock off her leg. And basically like she like, there's like a moment where you're like, oh my God, she's really hurt. And she has to like grab a rock to help her stand up. But once she's up, she's running. Yeah. But before she flees, Eve grabs the bunny and yes. runs out with it. Grabs the bunny, runs out. We never see the bunny again. No, she doesn't which, bring it back to camp. I know. Well, maybe she ate it on the walk back. <laughs> I also love that it's like Eve falls down. Eve falls down this hole mm-hmm. and it's like she's alone because like they've gone off to find um they've gone off to find someone. They're, I know they're... this was um this was when they're trying. So we meet in episode eight, a guy named Wyatt. Wyatt. Yeah. He I was... like, hey, what's your name? Oh, Wyatt. I was like, okay, we know Wyatt now. Thanks, new guy. Wyatt does construction. Wyatt shows up is a dick for one scene to see the fact that in the next episode he's going to be murdered. Yeah. Great. 
fantastic. And then we get like a little Law and Order episode. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, featuring has, Scott and Lucas. Unfortunately, fucking Scott, who has Scott's gotten so annoying. It's yeah. it's difficult to tolerate. So, oh, I was thinking of Lucas, but also Scott sucks. Yeah, Scott yes. continues to. I keep forgetting, like I. Lucas is funny annoying to me and Scott is like listen fucker like stop talking stop opening your mouth like you're stop withholding information yes like you are as yes you are as big a failure as you're worried you are now let's move the hell on yeah yeah no so Scott since we left Scott when we last saw him he had let so Lucas had been zapped with magical electricity and was in the village and Scott was got his Got got the remedy from uh, the Hara's ex husband by letting him free, and now is concerned that Tomet, her ex husband, is I guess just killing Wyatt for funsies. Yeah, um, I don't know. We don't really get an explanation for we're, why we're, he's concerned. We're not. We get nothing as to why Wyatt would have been killed. Yeah, why Wyatt? Other than that, he's annoying. Like yeah, like he annoyed a guy. Yeah. In, in an episode and they had like they had like one tense exchange yeah. and then he died and it's like wait Wyatt doesn't seem to have any institutional knowledge that he would need to be killed for yeah it just I and and I was on board with the idea that um the the long-haired chef yeah who was just that he had just murdered him because he was like yeah you suck and you corrected me and like that is a that is a social dynamic in 10,000 BC that I believe would exist like sure. that kind of tension people are stressed people are stressed they're pissed off at each other they they don't want you're stuck for forever with this douchebag like yeah if you can get away with murdering someone you're probably going to mm-hmm. uh, I'm not saying I would just for the <laughs> record but if one were so inclined under these circumstances in 10,000 BC, you can probably get away with a lot more. Right. Um, except for the fact that Scott and Lucas are on the case. And Lucas, who has now survived this near death experience, has decided to become like camp leader. Yeah. And Lucas, um, like, guys, he's like he, he like has a heart to heart with Dr. Soldier or no, with Scott. And he's like, ever since my mom died. I've wanted to turn over a new leaf and I know uh-huh. it can't happen overnight. It's like ever since, was that 72 hours ago? Like what do you mean yeah, ever yeah. since? Like, like I've been working really hard. Like he talks about this, like it's been like a six month journey for him. Yeah. And it yeah. has been like a few days because our, our, he, his mom dies. I think as our heroes are going to 1988, correct? Yes. And yes. they're there for like two days. Like they're there for most it's let's say it most generously. It's been a week at most generously. Yeah, because they're they just got back from 1988. Mm -hmm. So it is it's been at most seven days and it hasn't been that long. And he's like, wow, ever since my mom died, I've been turning the page and I'm a new man. It's like. What? What Lucas? Of course, you would think that's true. You fucking moron. Like and him and Veronica as an item. Yeah bear me veronica who god ella is just trying so hard to build a relationship with this bitch and she's given her nothing and like ella's trying to get rid of all of her old shit from back when she was a cult abductee no that was veronica's getting rid of it yeah veronica veronica Veronica's getting rid of it and also like this is like la brea time it's been like three weeks since they all got here yeah. And so like like Veronica's like, I'm moving on from that life. I'm never thinking about it again. It's like you were just in a cult still 
less than a month ago. So this is really fresh. And she's like, of course, Veronica is absolutely not interested at all in sustainable, like emotional growth and development. She's like, if I throw all these clothes away, the old me's gone because I have a boyfriend now. And Ella's like, I don't think it works that way. You should probably reckon with this. She's like, nope, I don't have to. And it's like, God, you and Lucas are a good couple in that they're you perfect for each other. Suck. Yeah, they're perfect for each other. Like, you like, I want to be a this... good man for Veronica now. You, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> I just, I, what I, one thing I find fascinating is that this is the only timeline in which you could ever reasonably expect to have a psychiatrist in 10,000 BC. And yeah. yet, the two people who probably need the psychiatrist the most have declined to use his services. And this like, guy, he he is fucking begging people yeah. to talk to him. There's nothing Ty wants more than to just hear other people's problems. That's Ty, his favorite thing in life. Ty involuntarily therapizes people constantly who don't yeah. want it. He is not turning down the chance to help people in this way. Just fucking go to him. Yeah. Just go to him. You will be asking for him to let you out of there. He, there will be no time limit on the therapy Ty will provide as long as he doesn't have to deal with his own shit. Right. That's, I mean, the only the only constraint at this point with Ty's attention span is entirely just going to be the fact that he's got, you know, wasting mom disease. Yeah, yeah. The the wasting, the terminal, the terminal brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, also, aren't they preparing for a wedding or something? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, they're... Ty is going to propose to Para or That's marry it. Para, and Ella, who is a sculptor, is going to make the ring. So, you know, that's an interesting one. Um, I actually think it's really like there were parts of it that I thought were of that aspect of it that I thought were actually really cute. Like, yeah, you Ella know what? is she's, like one of the most likable characters in this Ella's show. Ella is just so she's Ella so is sweet. just so sweet. Ella yeah. is just trying so hard to fit in and to just make her little she just wants to have a good happy life in 10,000 BC it's she a does. choice she has aggressively made yeah and so she's going to make Ty and like her relationship with Ty is one of the few things on the show I'm like yeah you know what that that's really sweet and works like I uh-huh. love that she just kind of has the stars in her eyes from when she was a kid view of Ty mm-hmm. and that Ty is still a little like put off and confused by it but in like still friendly with her <laughs> yeah. and he asks her to make him to make para's ring um and then she invites veronica to come help her find a stone for it and the two of them embark on a mission that is specifically tailored to make me fucking crazy yeah it, i i texted amanda and i was like i'm gonna need you i'm gonna need your feedback on the rocks in yeah. this movie so in multiple ways, this is a terrible plan. Um, let's start with Amethyst being just not like a great stone for daily wear, particularly daily wear in 10,000 BC. It's going <laughs> to oh, get scratched. No. It's very likely to chip. It's not It's not a durable stone. Mm, okay. But what they find in that cave right. could not under any circumstance generously be considered Amethyst. Does not look like Amethyst. It is... It they it is purple, glowing, looks like chunks of the aggro crab. It has it has its own internal light source. Yes. This it's each like cluster of court of amethyst crystals is glowing in a dark cave. Yep. And if I can give you guys one piece of advice that you take away from this sh- this podcast, that advice is do not wear a gemstone on your hand that <laughs> has its own glow. Because that, that feels like a really good point. If it if a rock glows, leave it. Now, Don't, what does that mean? 
it means that it's radioactive. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would yeah. assume. I don't know. Rocks right. You wouldn't want to chance it. You wouldn't want to chance it. Yeah. Rocks don't glow, guys. That's just no. like there is one stone that looks a little like it's lit from within called Cuprian tourmaline. It's really cool. It does have like this really neat blue electric look to it. Uh-huh. If you put it in a cave, you still can't see it. <laughs> yeah. The if someone hands you a rock that is glowing, my best guess is it is so heavily radioactive or something <laughs> that you're you will it is like Lex Luthor's hair falling out from being around kryptonite. Like yeah, it, it's nothing good's gonna come of that. So it will nuke you. Yeah, I I just can't. There's no reason or explanation for why any stone would glow in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. So don't do it. And in the cave where it. the in a cave where the fake amethysts are, there's also. Mm-hmm. That weirwood tree, yeah, um, that only that like a, that is a, associated with the vision that Gavin has of Eve dying, where she's laying under all these like star shaped red flowers, and we see one of these also in yeah. the tower where um, Izzy like notices it sounds familiar, looks at it and sees that it, it's familiar from like what her dad described in his dream, and she like she's met Grandpa at this point, like the the, the captain of the facility, and. He's like, yeah, it's so mysterious. It only grows in caves and we don't know why. It's like, well, yeah, figure that out. But I'm going to assume it has something to do with it doesn't want much light. Yeah. Like, I I feel like I don't feel like this is mystical because it grows in darkness. It has partial sun and some things just don't need a lot of sunlight. And it, uh, uh, by the way, you guys, when they're in this tower, it's great. Because Gavin's like, I'm going to go and take Izzy because Izzy is part of his like bloodline and that'll make him happy. And so they go and this is where they have left Josh. And so they get to the facility. They're in. Gavin's doing the whole like, I want to know where I'm from, dad, to try and manipulate him into getting into the server room so he can sabotage the entire system. And get like Josh is an acknowledged part of the narrative at this point. Grandpa's like. He's James, I believe. Grandpa's like, did you find your son? Because Gavin needed to go to, go to, to 1988 to get his son. And he's like, yeah, I found him. He's like, and this is your granddaughter, Lizzie. And Lizzie gives like a nervous high. And Gavin's like, I want to learn all about my life and my past. That's why I'm here. I've opened my heart. And he's like, and it's Izzy's legacy too. <laughs> we are just like, fuck Josh. Like, but not like presumably at that point. Cause he's like, did you find your son? He's like, oh yeah. He, we're all here. But they, he would have brought know. him then if if he wanted to include Josh in this troop to discover Grandpa and their legacy. But says like, hey, it's like it's Izzy's legacy too. It's like, yeah, let's just keep erasing Josh from the narrative. That is exactly how I lo- want La Brea to go. Well, remember how um, when Gavin's grandpa, the great grand, when you know Mark Lee Silas, that's his Silas, name, Silas, yeah, Silas. When Silas was like gonna try and keep gavin from going to 1988 and gavin's like but then my your, your, my kids won't be born yeah and it's like well yeah your dad probably your granddad probably knows how much josh sucks yeah but i feel like similarly like dad's gonna meet josh or you know josh's grandpa's gonna meet him and be like okay yeah i get it now i get yeah. why i get why silence wanted to just end this completely like fine yeah yeah there and it's because, like yeah. it's good that Josh couldn't come because I feel like he would be so immediately annoying. James would be like, "Get these people the fuck out of here!" I yeah, no, my he mind. would have no. He would James would figure out immediately what Gavin was up to because Josh would be so unsubtle about all of it. Josh, would, yeah, yeah, no. Izzy, Izzy did a great job being like kind of playing along. Did you also, by the way, 
I did not, I, I'm trying to, I can't remember if I remembered this before or not, but did the doors in the tower always look so vaginal? <laughs> I can't say I have a memory of them. I so I, I couldn't say either way. Oh, I, go back and look again. Cause those towers, you got a menorah and a majora labia. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're just so distinctively shaped, the door frames mm-hmm. that I don't know how they designed it and didn't at any point say like, this looks like a like a labia system. <laughs> um, and I just, but I also, if you didn't notice it as a glaring thing, I, I then maybe, maybe that's just me, but I, I needed to call that out specifically when I was in that tower looking at those things. I was like that. I love that in second half of season two, anybody can come in and out of that tower. Oh yeah. You just walk up to the, to the guard at the door and be like, I'm here to see James. And yeah. there's no vetting. There's no additional security. They will just take you in to this man, it seems like no matter who you are. Yep, because by the end of it, Ty is like, I'm a friend of Gavin's and I heard you guys have the good meds. Yep. And then he also offers James therapy. Yeah, which... well, well, no, because James like, I can, I can offer you the cure for cancer that we discovered sometime in the 21st century. Great miracle. Um, I can cure your cancer. He's like, but I need something in exchange. And mm-hmm. Ty looks nervous, understandably. And then he's like, Therapy's hard to find down here. It's like <laughs> you just want someone to talk to. Like, yeah. what's the end game here for James? What is that? What is this? Is this trying to accomplish something more with him being like, I will give you the life saving treatment you need that never existed in your timeline or consciousness. But and then like mustache twist. I would like a therapist. It's like, oh, I didn't think that was going to be the request. I thought it was going to be something a lot more double agent kind of compromising. So I I related to that decision. I mean, it's a great decision. I'm glad James is thinking about these things. I think that's like really, it's important self-care. And when we we have that meme of, you know, some men would rather do X than get therapy. And James is defying that. And I really appreciate that as a character choice. Uh I do, there's a part of me that, and I don't think the show's going to do play it this way just because it's a little too plotted. Mm-hmm. But there, realistically, James could tell Ty, mm. like, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. I'm doing this for Gavin. And then Ty, totally. of course, goes and tells Gavin. And Wait. Gavin's like, you're right. My dad is a good guy. Like, there is yeah. a subterfuge that James could be doing. Because Completely. Completely. Fucking gullible Gavin is. Yeah, and Ty. Gavin just wants. Yeah, Ga- I mean Ty. Too, yes, they both just genuinely believe that like they have the ability of Charlie in Poker Face to tell when someone's lying, which they do not. Yeah. And then also <laughs> that like every person truly means well. These are the least cynical people in the world. Have ended it up is at ten thousand BC. Really special. It's it's sweet. It is, and again, that's why Izzy. You're like, yeah, Izzy is definitely Gavin's daughter because she believes all that shit. I think that I think why it works for Izzy and like why Izzy works and Josh doesn't is that Josh is always like eye rolling mm-hmm. and cynical, and Izzy's just like wide eyed yeah. and n- naive about everything. Yeah, it's the family. The rest of the family is so fucking earnest, and sh- Josh is just not. Josh yeah. is superior and shitty. It's but- like when you. It's like I mean, there are no coach and, and Julie. Cooper uh they're no coach and Julie from uh Friday Night Lights but it's like when you have the daughter in Friday Night Lights and you're like fuck you you have great parents who care about you like why are you a dick there is no reason for you to be a dick and just as and like unpleasant 
like teens are dicks all the time. Taylor Kitsch, like Riggins is a dick, but like lovably so. Little little Cooper daughter? No, Julie Cooper, fuck you. You don't deserve Tammy and Coach. Yeah. Well, there's the dick the difference of being a dick Taylor. because you're a teenager. Julie Taylor. Taylor, yes. It's the difference of being a dick because you're a teenager and being a dick because you're self-righteous. And Josh is self-righteous. And that's Josh the is gonna be Josh. a dickhead his whole life. Yeah. This is not a thing he's gonna outgrow. Not a phase. Yeah. But no, I there is a part of me that was like, is he trying to outplay Gavin and yeah. earn his trust with therapy? But I'm just choosing to believe that no, James just wants a good therapist. Like he misses his weekly therapy sessions and there's no telehealth in 10,000 BC. <laughs> there is not. I, I love that he, you know what he does have though, is like the the guardian henchwoman ugh. who's like, it's my job to do what's best for this facility, mm-hmm. even if like James doesn't know what's best for him. She's somebody who would like at the moment of truth would probably if James was going to shut the building down himself, she would shoot James in the head. She so yes, that is the that is the character type that she is, but she is also I was expecting her to have like mad kung fu skill kind of thing. Oh, in in a, in a movie of budget in a diehard yeah. context, she's 100% the oh shit, she's an assassin. Right. Like absolutely dropping you on the ground yeah and here she's more sort of like an executive assistant totally like gavin gets the she's a career she's a career chief of staff kind of type when gavin got the drop on a security guard and then was able to just put a taser to her back i was like yeah no she she is maybe needs to get a pay raise because (laughs) this was not what she signed up she signed up to make sure this facility stayed running but no i don't think that she could put a bullet in james's head only because we have as we have seen but that is definitely the persona that we're being given and maybe not so much the skill set to match. Didn't care. Love that we got her. Love that we get this introduction to yet another character we're probably never We're meeting a lot of people in the first two episodes. Yeah. I, the reality index, but even within LeBray's own logic, yeah. that woman would not have been surprised that because Gavin goes to use the biometric scan to yes. get into the computer system and she's like, only James can open that. And he's like, want to bet, basically? And then puts his hand down and it lets him in. She would have fucking known. She should know that. That his child, like that his genetic lineage would it like she acts surprised like like she thinks her reaction would imply that Gavin's faking it and he's yeah. not James's kid because otherwise she absolutely would have fucking known that this guy can get in and like should have been nervous be- precisely because mm-hmm. he's like one of two perhaps three people that can access this in existence yeah agreed um it, she it's those logic gaps in the show where you're just like, you guys know people would have known though. Yeah, she would have say She was so serious about her fucking job. Yeah. She should she should know, or it should be a bigger point of betrayal that like Gavin has access and she does not. Yes, totally. She would hate that. That yeah. woman would hate that. That would which with good reason. Like yeah. that's not ne- you know, you guys want to talk nepotism for a second? You want to talk about <laughs> yeah. nepo babies? Yeah. Let's talk about the biggest nepo baby of all. Gavin. Fucking Gavin. Gavin being talk able about to someone who time travel didn't with his earn hand. It. No. He earn it the man was a caveman up until a few weeks ago yeah like again in the span of la brea we're working on like three weeks time let's give it a month at maximum and we get like we get a perfect izzy moment when she confronts josh and like because josh is being all sassy and she's like i know you still feel guilty that you didn't believe dad about his visions it's like no your brother had every right to be mad at his alcoholic father who totally punched out on his family yeah like which is what drove his wife into the arms of another man because she was basically single within a marriage 
No, the only thing I agree with Josh on is that he was pissed at his dad. And we are not nearly enough time away from this family being completely like let down by an absentee father and husband to be like, hey, he's back. I do give, I, I'm so glad that they have made Gavin like earnestly trying this yeah. entire time because it could have easily gone like this guy route of like, what do I have to do to earn your trust? Yes. No, Gavin is just every turn like, I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna work harder. I'm gonna do more. I'm gonna do better. It's like, oh, I'm still rooting for you then. But absolutely, for years, your family could not trust you or rely on you. You escaped into a bottle and that was your choice. So yes, after a month of you being a more trustworthy figure and basically two weeks of you being with them, because you were topside yeah. for most of this. No, the work has not been done. The healing has barely begun. Yeah, and uh, what I think is so interesting is that they do now. Don't make me agree Gavin. with Josh, Izzy. I know it's it's it's. I'm sorry that you had to agree with Josh on this. I do. I like. I that's one of those things that does really impress me, though, is that like they have consistently they've made Gavin really consistent, yes. and really like likable. And trying, and yes. there's not a like you don't get moments of him having those confrontations. You just and have pouty, him constantly like resentful yeah. and pouty that he has he, like, to make an effort. When he found out that he was basically in a thruple, his <laughs> response was essentially to be like, "Well, I just got to work harder." Yeah, like he, there wasn't he wasn't even mad particularly about his wife having an ongoing affair. Great, but he shows back up in 10,000 BC, and his wife is cuddled up with his best friend again. And he did a totally reasonable yeah. amount of like posturing and chest puffing. Yeah, in some showdowns with Levi, completely understandable. And but then did not once at any point say like, "Well, you gave up on us to no." Nope. We never got a "you gave up on us to Eve" or like a "you have to choose." No, yeah, no. In fact, nobody like Levi impressed upon her like. I love you. I will take care of you. I will be there for you. But he was never like, it's me. or No one ever said it's me or him. No. They've just yeah. like worked for it. Like both of the men just like worked for her. And yeah. I love that they have done that in the show. Yeah, that's why like, that's why even it's funny because like, as you watch an episode of La Brea, there are these moments you go like, what the fuck am I watching? But then somehow at the end of it, you just walk away and you're like, yeah. That was somehow yeah. satisfied. That worked. I don't know. Yeah. It's like making, it's like a compromise meal that you end up and you're like, actually, I feel really satisfied and full and I don't feel like I really went anywhere. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's like, wow, time well spent. Okay. Great. Yeah. I know. I, I, you know, you know, a show has managed something special when we've gotten like 30 minutes into an episode and we still haven't talked about the fact that one of the major plot lines from the show was the a stampede of buffaloes. The buffalo. I was so and like and like ten thousand BC size buffalo yeah. that as we see are like the size of a bus shelter. Yeah, and yeah, they're like the weather's changing. It's like is it or like because a sinkhole? It looks like a portal's about to open up again because the Pacific Ocean sinkhole off Santa Monica is threatening to open in 1988, and mm -hmm. I guess that's making the buffalo shifty. So suddenly, a buffalo runs through camp and knocks out one thing, and Scott's like. This is prop. This is danger, and they see like a whole field of buffalo near them, mm -hmm. like through binoculars, and they're like, "Imagine all those running through the camp and destroying everything we've built," which is just a hilarious thought. It's like you haven't built that much. No, you they still have like mostly lean to. You are living in cars. Yeah, just put the tarps and shit in the cars, and so there becomes like they form this like elaborate 
like we are going to make a Rube Goldberg machine that pipes tar around the perimeter of the camp and we're going to light it on fire so when the buffalo run up to the fire they will divert and run away because the fire will scare them well guess what i mean it's a it's a good plan yeah it's not a good the that's then yeah it is so funny that that is the plan i know because when the sky starts to open up and the pacific ocean starts to starts to rain i love that it starts raining fish oh it was was so good the fish start hitting the camp and it's like oh shit that's because the ocean's opening up like the rain puts out the fire they're like oh no the rain and the fire and then they're like let's get in our cars and honk our horns to scare the buffalo so that whole construction project that they did to pipe the tar around the camp they could have just honked the horns the whole time could have just honked the horns could have just i I would not recommend um if you're concerned about stampeding animals that you get into cars which like buffalo and and or and by or bison or whatever they are in in yellowstone those will fuck up a car and they're oh, yeah. normal sized ones. Like yeah, yeah, those, I, yeah, those are net current sized buffalo. Yeah, I was not megafauna. Yeah, I was in Yellowstone years ago and in my Jetta at the time. And <laughs> we almost got like we we almost got rammed by a bison. Oh god. Yeah. It, it it was one of the more terrifying. It was in that was like one of my all-time worst days um from start to finish. Wow. Um and it involved among many things it involved at like having to follow drunk drivers at 3 a.m because the police that we had called it into told us to it was a whole thing oh my god it was a really long terrible day but it started with almost getting rammed by a buffalo or a bison or whatever it is and uh yeah it's like the fact that so okay they realize that they there is a camp of buffalo that there's a herd of buffalo in the next clearing over yeah and you know it's an the idea i love the idea of like okay we're in this world now and yeah there are migratory patterns and yeah there would there as we've seen from elephant walk yes elephant walk you know the the greatest liz taylor in elephant peril films of our time yeah We've seen that, yes, it's really hard. If you set up in a path of, you know, where a migratory path, they're not moving. They're not changing their route. So I liked that idea. And then, of course, Lucas is like, well, we've set up. This is our home now. We're not leaving it. And he makes it a whole, like, this is a stand we're going to take thing instead of the practical issue, which is maybe for like a week every six months during migration periods, (laughs) we need to move. Yeah. Yeah. Like a more reasonable plan. Yeah. It's just like, hey, guys, for like, we're on good terms with Pyra's tribe. Yeah. We'll take a staycation, head over there, get some information about future, because, you know, they know all the routes. Yeah. They know all the migration routes. Ask them, get their information, get their timelines. Yeah. Resources, you know, use your neighbors. (laughs) Instead, what they do is it is clever to be like, we're going to make, they make these like, you know, uh, what, what am I looking? What's the word I'm looking for? Troughs. They're making oh, yeah, like yeah. troughs filled with tar, which I was so glad to see the tar return. Because we really haven't, yeah, really, we haven't really gotten any tar escapades since the first episode of the show. Yeah, and it's like, and they're like the whole point is like that they went down over the tar pits. Like yeah. they're exactly where tar the name pits of the are. show is quite literally the tar. Yeah, so we should have more tar experiences happening. Um. And so I like that they're like, yeah, we're going to take the tar and we're going to light it on fire. And I was like, that's actually a really good plan. And I'm very impressed by Lucas. 
good job. Oh, Lucas, you're doing it directly where all your settlements are. Yeah. Wow. The okay, bison Lucas. Any runway. There is. And like we see them, the, the animals are running through this clearing toward where their, their camps are. Hundred yards. Yeah. Easily could have set it up a little. Like they really went to just like the last possible Absolute inch threshold. Yeah. In the hopes that the bison wouldn't skid to a stop. Like <laughs> yeah. the precision turning on these bison is impressive. Yeah. They really know how to turn on a dime. Oh my God. But yeah, I, I when when the sky opened up and it started raining fish. Yeah. And you could just watch like and and just watch the fire die. I was like, you know what? This is actually almost worth it for that. <laughs> it's a little bit worth it for the fact that it's Lucas's genius plan is being ruined by the Santa Monica Bay falling in on them. The Santa Monica Bay. Santa I Monica Bay. I speaking of like characters just being so themselves, I love that like because Dr. Dr. Soldier is part of the elite team that's going to go sabotage the tower mm-hmm. at the very beginning of our return episode. And he's the one who's like, I want to get back to our family. Like, I want to get back to my family, my wife, my son, like, which is a very understandable reaction. They're like, hey, man, you got we, you can't kill all of L.A. for you to get back there. Like, you like it's selfish. And, and then mm-hmm. he finally, like, kind of comes around, but then commits to sabotaging the plan. And he's over like. He's going to he's going to like D he's going to derail the plan because grandma is going to like hack in. Gavin's going to put the virus in the system. Grandma's going to hack in from like a power station near the tower and like hack in, upload a virus and they're going to kill the whole thing. And he's going to like cut the power to this like station that she is working from. And he goes to feral like he's like, I got to get back. I gotta go back to my family. And it's like, and they're telling him like, no, it's bigger than you. And like, they're using this whole magnanimous mission. Meanwhile, you have Gavin inside who bails on the entire plan. Yep. Like his hand, like they do it, they close it long. They disable the portals long enough, uh, theoretically for the, the 88 sinkhole to not open up. They seem to have averted that disaster. Um, Gavin abandons the entire plan. When James is like, I can save Eve. Like, hey, if you guys stay and you stop fucking up the tower, I can fix it. I'm so close. I'm so close. I've got these notes um, from another science guy and I just got to make sense of them. And then we'll have this thing working like like clockwork and we'll go in and out and we'll solve everything and you can save your wife and get out of here. And so they've done this whole like bigger than one like team effort uh, save all of LA by sacrificing the clearing. And then as soon as James tells Gavin, like, I can save your wife from that scary vision you had of her dying, he bails on the plan. It's like, you I love fucker. That. You fucker. There was no moment more believable than the brief moment when James says, we can save Eve, and Gavin, without hesitation, is like, done, fine, I'll take my hand off. What else yeah, do you want? Yeah, everything I just said out there about a bigger cause, fuck yeah, that. does not I matter. Did, I didn't mean it, actually. Eve can... There and but it also like I did have a brief moment of tension of like oh my god what's he gonna do uh, even I though, was on the edge of my seat yeah even though I know logically this is Gavin Gavin is makes Gavin. poor decisions like this is not there is no question of what jo- Gavin's gonna do Gavin's gonna make a bad choice I because every character on La Brea is unfailingly themselves they even have a moment yeah. in like you said in the in the CSI w- experience where Luke and Lucas and Scott are interrogating everybody to find out who killed yeah. Wyatt. Um, they like interview Judah and he starts like, or Judah, Jonah, 
Jonah. Jonah. They interview curly hair. I don't know. Curly hair guy. His curly hair guy who got a name at the end of who, in, in case you, uh, any of you were wondering, I'm so and so. Um, he, uh, he starts going off on like Illuminati and weird conspiracy theory stuff. He's totally that guy. Like he's, he's unfailingly himself. Another great, like Izzy being deeply herself moment is like they're back in the clearing for 15 minutes and she's like i just thought once we were all back together we would finally be a family again and everything would be fixed it's like yes no oddly enough izzy wherever you go there you are you mean you went back to 10,000 bc and everybody was standing next to each other but they were the exact same people with the exact same problems that were on the other side of the sinkhole it's tough break kiddo tough yeah. break but, you know, of course Izzy thought everything would be fixed because Izzy is nothing if not a newborn fawn. I'm so they glad- should have. You know what I realized? Actually, remembering now, they should have made Gavin's mom. She made that Ione Sky. Well, so that was my that was when we were talking about the, the henchwoman. Yeah. I was waiting on the henchwoman. I feel the henchwoman should have been Ione Sky. That Smoking, would have been a hell of a reveal. options here for Ione Sky to actually have a job. Yeah. No, no, we've lost Ione Sky. I'm also concerned that we've lost Mark Lee. I'm increasingly concerned that Silas's work is done. If and now we we've moved only, into... If we only have one episode left, if we only have one half a season left after this, I mean, we know Labrea moves fast, so yeah. he could very well show up again and then be gone in a single episode and accomplish a great amount of plot. But, like, it... it with racing to the finish... I, I, I know. I'm just he was he was the big bad for so long. And now I feel yeah. like we might have just lost him entirely. I do want to circle back one more thing to curly haired guy, though, because now that you've brought him up. I do. have yeah. When he reappears from the woods and his first line that we get of this of the new second half of the season is seriously a stampede of prehistoric buffaloes with absolute disbelief as if that is an unfathomable thing. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yes. Keep yeah. Being nothing but yourself. Keep being like like Izzy, like the dollhouse born anew every day. Did I fall asleep? And then just a total tabula rasa. Every time it's as if he has no awareness of the fact that, yeah, you're in 10,000 BC and none of this is none of this should be surprising anymore. And yet every time it is every time and every I love time that I love that aspect of it. I I want Judah to never no. Is Judah. His name is Judah because it was it was, Judah. Too, it was too eerily close to Jew, and I was like, eh, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but no, Judah. Judah was just every has nothing. He, he has not let ten thousand BC change him. He and has not. That nothing as, will change. That nothing man. will change this man. Another well, thing. Another true. choice of things that didn't change somebody. That guy that so. The reason that Eve ends up falling into a hole is because her everyone's partnered up to go find the murder. Oh, yeah. It's, After Wyatt dies, they're all like, everybody comb the landscape. Yeah. Go off find in the murder. And, oh, because they're looking for, like, the drag trail to figure yeah. out who drag. Yeah. And we senselessly see Eve paired off with yet another new character. Yeah. Which, where are the gay couple again? Yeah. Could have been the no. gay couple. Still no gay couple. No, we get a guy who's just wearing flip-flops that finally break because he's in 10,000 BC. So that's my question, Jordan, is... You are an avid flip-flopper. Yeah. You love yourself a flip-flop. Would mm-hmm. you in 10,000 BC wear flip-flops? I mean, if I wasn't packed for anything else that day, I was pissed at him for a second. Then I was like, you left your house that day not knowing you were going someplace else. You thought you were going back home. They have the wardrobe trailer dinner. now. Oh, that's right. They do have the wardrobe trailer. And, she, and Eve is like, there are shoes back at the camp. Yeah. Like, go put on the shoes. That um, made a I would wear rainbows. I would wear rainbows out there, but some like, 
Havana, like, no, absolutely not. Nothing plastic. I would yeah. wear my leather. I would maybe like fortify them to my foot with like rope of some kind to like make them not a flip-flop, but just like a yeah. plane on which my foot would rest. I would wear a heavy duty leather flip-flop like the rainbow, but not what he had on. No, he and had I on love, my old Navy flip-flops. I love that that like Eve falls. Like She sends that guy back, go put shoes on. Yeah. And then she travels probably five feet from that exact location and then falls down into the hole. It's like, ma'am, he's coming back. Like, just like, because they were supposed to meet again at that spot. Just be like, hey, guy. Hey, guy. Like, she could have, the way she immediately, it was amazing how quickly Eve despaired. Yeah. And she fell down there because it was like, Eve, you've gotten in worse scrapes than this. Are you kidding me? Like, you, this is not the worst circumstance you have been in in 10,000 BC. No, but I do, I I do feel like I understand the moment when she's like, oh, it doesn't matter what I do. This is what's fated to happen. Like that right. would be a well, horrible that. Yes, moment of Yes, she knows about the dream. Yeah, and then also like, this is a man who three weeks in is still wearing flip-flops in 10,000 BC. No way is he coming back to find her. <laughs> I don't know how she got pulled the short straw as yeah. him, with him as her partner. Like That's super weird. What in the red shirt bullshit is that? Yeah, that was that was utterly bizarre. Yeah. Um, it, I mean it was it was a it was a choice of convenience, but I'm just like there's no if I were in the camp, I'd be like, look, she's our most competent person. Uh-huh. Should we really send her with Brad? Yeah. Like, I don't Dave think so, guys. Yeah. Like, he's wearing, guys, he's been wearing flip-flops for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Don't send her with the flip-flop guy. Don't send her with She flip-flop. deserves better. Yeah. So, I, but I did, I, I did not have any concerns of like, no, she shouldn't panic too much because obviously they're going to come <laughs> back from her because I was like, no, that guy has no idea where the fuck she is. Yeah. And he's going to walk <laughs> to that clearing and then be like, hmm, she's gone. She must have kept going and then never come back to it again. Right, like, right. No, you're, that that's a very the, good point. Yeah, that is, he is the kind of, he is the, I, the weaponized incompetence thing, yeah. which is such a wonderful Reddit phrase. Um, he is kind of that epitome of weaponized incompetence that on in real life is exhausting and on TV shows is a really convenient plot thing. Yeah. Yeah. But God, I'm just so glad we're back in 10,000 BC. Yeah. And the thing that sends us off is Wyatt's dead. They're yeah. like, we need to find the killer. They Lucas is making accusations. So Scott, they decide that, I mean, and the evidence is thin. It, they're like, hey, you uh you didn't like the guy uh doctor soldier performs an autopsy on Wyatt's body he finds that likely a seven inch blade was what caused the fatal wound and so Lucas goes straight to the chef opens his knife roll his seven inch blade is gone Mm -hmm. so he's like that's it he did it let's haul him in interrogate him he's the one who's guilty and doctor soldier is very legitimately like do you have any evidence do you have a weapon like do you have anything besides accusations doctor soldier who hypocritically Handcuffed Veronica to a fucking steering wheel in an episode. Well, he was in. He was fresh out of his anxiety meds. That is true. He did not have anxiety medication. I just can't believe that a show in what like seventeen episodes has now had two false imprisonment imprisonment plot. Two false imprisonments, and and this guy's like he had. They're like he was fighting. He had like one disputed line, and then and so then they find a murder weapon. Ty and Izzy find a murder weapon in their search and it looks like 
like a, a tribal or an indigenous or like a villager knife. Like it looks like something that's been hand carved. It does. It's not like a kitchen knife. Yeah. And it has like a symbol on it of the exiled people. And it is noted that the curly haired guy, the chef, uh, he had spent some time with the exiles. Uh, so it's like, oh, then he gets cleared of suspicion the, they find the knife. It has the it has the exile marking on it. So, oh, it's not anybody in the camp. But then we get like the suspicious end of the episode, where chef guy like takes out a piece of fabric, like takes out a piece of fabric with the exile symbol on it and throws it into the fire, and like looks very suspicious and guilty. So he probably did kill Wyatt. He probably oh, did yeah. kill Wyatt, and now the exiles are back. Maybe yeah. uh maybe the the ex the ex-husband brought friends and they're now gonna attack the village. Who knows? Yeah. And which uh, the chef I I couldn't remember if the chef had been from the new crew that we got when they were in the mines or I he thought was he original. was part of the freed group from the mines. I, he must have been. Yeah. So I just kind of forgot, like, oh that's yeah. right. No, because he's in the caves and he's like, I used to be a chef. Exactly. Right. Um and I know he isn't uh Jose Andres. The world kitchen guy, but for some reason in the my world head, kitchen guy, for some reason in my head he is, and I just like can't break that apart. But anyway, uh, that's a me problem. That's not a real life problem. But yeah, <laughs> he he looks stoically into the fire and then throws away his murder, like throws away like the evidence that would connect him to the exiles. I guess, I guess so. It seems I like guess. he might have been indoctrinated while he was in the mines. Yeah, and I mean, look, like Lucas accuses him with about as much evidence as I feel like um, a lot of crimes in like our legal system get accused. <laughs> yes. So that worked for me. And his mom was have... a cop, so that's a tracks. shitty cop. We also shitty got that. Too. Yeah, her mom. His mom sucked as a cop. Um, but yeah, I was. Watching Dr. Dad be like, you need evidence. I'm like, Dr. Dad, you were not saying that when you handcuffed Veronica to a steering wheel and left her to die. You were not. You, you were not. not. And at least here, like, that is, they had a fight. Then one of his knives is missing. Also, when he's like, I'm conducting an autopsy and it's a knife wound, you're kind of like, okay, what did, did you just stick your finger in and see how deep it went? Like, yeah, I don't autopsy? think you actually know how deep that knife went, sir. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you got like a stick and stuck it in and like as a doweling kind of thing. I was like, oh, it went in seven inches. It's a seven inch knife wound. Like that's, I just want to know what a prehistoric autopsy, as he says. I was going to say, I want to know what a prehistoric autopsy looks like. Um, but, you know, glad that Dr. Dad has kicked his heroin addict. Or yeah. Had it. Thank God. Thrilled for him on that. Um, just interesting. St- I, it is so weird how this show is tonal, not tonally, but like every plot point from the first season does not exist anymore. No. There's no heroin. There's no nope. Spanish gold. There's no, uh, like none of that. Like all of the questions, the mysterious. The red hand. Yeah, we learn that Aaron is talking like Aaron, the 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 guy, the cult leader who kidnapped Veronica and Ella. Oh yeah, he said something apparently to them along the lines of, "This was a tree in my childhood, so he might also be a time traveler like Gavin." We don't. Oh know. right, yeah, the yeah. kidnapper, the cult kidnapper guy. Yeah, highly likely it seems that he came from BC. Ten, yes, which is additional questions, um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, Interesting, confusing, not sure why we're revisiting Aaron as a concept. Of the many questions I had about like everything in this show, what is Aaron's deal was never one of them. Yeah, why was Aaron killed and dragged to that circle? I don't care. It was never like, 
I'm curious about how this, how their cult works, but I don't need the, again, it's a cult that kidnapped children. So I don't need the granular. No, so that's no. kind of where I'm falling. I don't want to get into it here. It's so, yeah, but otherwise like ultimately just so fucking glad to be back. Thrilled it's that back. We were getting more mammoths. I mean, yeah. if bison herds, can we get some more mammoths up get in this Get more pitch? megafauna in there. Get me some megafauna. I, we deserve more megafauna. I want to see Para personally. Especially if we're running out of show. Yeah. Pack, we're that, not gonna get pack more. that to the very brim. Yeah. Like NBC, empty out that, turn that purse upside down for their <laughs> $15 CGI budget. Make it 30. Yeah. Make Let's it 30. Let's this. go. Let's do this. Stop bringing in new characters. I don't need them. Give no. me my seven characters I like and give me some CGI fucking giant sloths. Exactly. That's all I want. I miss the traffic cop too. Never thought I'd say that. Miss the traffic. Remember the traffic cop? Oh, yeah, absolutely. She was her. a great start to the show. It was great. Running interference on foods. Loved her. <laughs> I miss her first season crew. Oh, Wyatt <laughs> the gays. The gays. The gay, I loved the gay couple. I don't, who gives a shit about Wyatt? I don't need Lucas as a leader. What I need is the gay couple adopting prehistoric children. Yeah. And just and being discovering a friend. friend. Yeah. Because she deserves I can a make friend. them glasses. Like, okay, so here's one thing that, again, I love even Gavin's family. But, yes. Um, Sans Josh. Sans Josh, obviously. But, like, you know, when you travel, when you go on vacation, I don't know if you're this. I, I'm always like, what treats can I bring back for my friends? Sure. Especially, like, if you're in a work environment, you always like bring back for the office like one of right. the great burdens is god i have to bring back a bunch of cookies for the office from switzerland like that's yeah. where i went so i gotta bring them back if i had gone to 1988 and knew i was going back to 10,000 bc things i would have done number one picked up a shit ton of prescription glasses oh yeah yeah they brought Everyone, absolutely nothing back with they, them one duffel bag guys that's all i'm asking from modernity shit ton of shit ton of prescription glasses some basic antibiotics and then snack foods yeah everyone and like, in 10,000 bc is going to be stoked to eat a twinkie rob a convenience store yeah. you're like you're diving straight into 10,000 bc you won't be caught yeah yeah commit a couple crimes just to get all the snackies for your friends they deserve yeah. they deserve some modern comfort a they brief do. respite and also like what a great having a large supply of like oreos or twinkies to be able to use them in a bartering system would probably be very helpful. Like you can definitely not Twinkies not, would be great because they're not expiring. They're never expiring. But like imagine being able to barter with the exiles and be like, yeah, I know that you want to kill us, but hey man, you want a Twinkie? And then the exiles trying Twinkies for the first time, they might not be evil anymore. No, and they also or they Sugar might makes die. people happy. Or their bodies might just shut down. Yeah, or their yeah, or their bodies just either way it's a win. process. Yeah. Problem solved. But those are those are personally the three things that I would, if going back to 10,000 BC, be bringing with me if I knew I was going to be making a return trip and probably never coming back to modern era again and helping out a bunch of people I, I had mean, just screwed over. Izzy didn't even bring any support for her prosthesis. I know. So she's not even thinking about herself. They also didn't bring any other coats or outerwear. Like, there's a lot of choices that could... Decisions were made. And I think that one thing I really appreciate about the show is that they've never tried to convince me that Gavin and Eve are smarter than they are. They yeah. have never been like, Gavin and Eve are fucking geniuses. I'm like, no, Gavin and Eve are two golden retriever humans yeah. who are very pretty, not that bright, and in an extraordinary circumstance. And yeah, and willing to step up. Yeah, that's all we need from these people. Yeah. They are not, this is not a, like, 
we're not in a chosen one situation. It's just kind of like, no, these are we really average aren't. Ass Thank people. God. And I really appreciate that. I think that's part of what I really love about the show and why, like, I have not soured on, on Eve or on Gavin or on yeah. pretty much anybody except for Josh, despite the fact that they make terrible choices and are all very, like, bad at the decisions they make. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, yeah. So that's kind of where I, but I just can't wait for the next two episodes. I'm so I'm so ready for more La Brea as always. But what does that mean for us in the interim? In the interim, that's a great question, Jordan. Um, And I think that we've done meltdown. So let's Mm -hmm. let's go back to nuclear hurricane now. Now that we've done meltdown, that's right. The actual nuclear hurricane. Let's give actual nuclear hurricane Uh a chance. Great, because I know you know you you've now watched it. I have yet to. From what you've said, it sounds like a pretty uh, by the books. Yeah, single location kind of kind of. Shocking chemistry between Love a couple it. of the leads. Can't wait to see it. I am very curious about all of this. Um, so yeah, we're gonna do nuclear hurricane, which is on YouTube. Yes, because that's it's not on Tubi. It is on YouTube. So yes, that's where you will go for that. Um, and in the meantime, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U. Uh, I already shouted out the Sheila McCarthy episode of Feeling Seen. Uh, featuring an, an anecdote about Shelly Winters. So go find that. That's that's the absolute best thing I can direct you to. I mean, it is always just so good. Thank You're you. feeling, I love feeling seen. I mean, granted, I I normally stockpile them for when I'm on road trips and then I just get like seven hours of Jordan. Um, and the conversations are good. They're really good. It's the always just so are, charming. The guests do a great job. I know, I know. I wish that I, I wish that I were a more... See, right? I guess that I I were somebody who had more things that would make me relevant to be like, be like, wow, I finally saw myself on film as opposed to like what I am, which is, uh, I'm always the best friend character in anything. You're you're Dr. Ellie Sattler. I mean, I, I, yeah, I did see uh, that. She, you know, she was not who I saw myself in when I, I didn't see that until I didn't see that as a kid. Right, right. I didn't really see that. Think that later. um, Yeah. I can kill him later. Okay. But yeah, no, she's not, not so much her, although I do think she's fucking amazing, but I know I'm not her. But yeah, it's one of the things where I'm like, oh, there's no like when you're when you grow up as a white Jewish girl in Los <laughs> Angeles, um, there's not a lot of like, well, I don't feel like I'm depicted in film, you know? Right. Yeah. It's a it's not a real problem for me. So I but whenever but I I, I love that. I love your podcast so much. Thank I love you. all your podcasts, including I appreciate this one. that. Um, and then I'm, of course, Amanda Smith says I am Amanda Smith says on Twitter. I got a TikTok. I'm not sure how the hell and what I'm going to do with it, but I've been watching a lot of TikToks lately and uh I just have feelings. So maybe I will be, I'm also Amanda Smith says on TikTok. So you can find me there too. Um, and then of course, most importantly, we're disaster underscore pod. Mm-hmm. We are disastergirls.myshopify.com. For Shelly Winters garments. For this justice for Shelly Winters shirts. Um, for our, you can get shirts with our logo. You can get shirts with just the disaster girls logo or the big graphic. Um, we've got the patron saint disaster of disasters with a starting lineup of Ellie Monroe and Joe Harding. Um, a lot of good stuff. If you want a shirt that says disaster diva in a retro seventies font, we got you covered. Yeah. So go check those out. Please give us a five-star rating and review. If you have a few seconds, it is mm-hmm. always extremely helpful to us. Um, I just realized I never gave the URL at the top of the show of what our, where you can buy our stuff. So I should probably edit that back in. Uh, fair enough so good at like remembering to promote and so terrible at actually doing the promoting <laughs> part. uh but yeah and we'll see y'all back next week for nuclear hurricane nuclear hurricane finally nuclear hurricane let's do this all right bye guys bye <laughs>